Welcome to the Straight Talk on Fleet podcast with Aaron Gilchrist. Each week, Aaron will be breaking down fleet management, trying to cut through the noise and get down to the real issues safety and operations leaders are struggling with every day. The goal will be to get to the bottom of how leaders can break down these silos of information, accelerate change management, how to use real-time accurate data to drive massive efficiencies across fleet-focused business processes, and to elevate people's careers with emerging best practices. Now it's time for the Straight Talk on Fleet. Hello, Fleet community. Welcome to the first ever podcast of the Straight Talk on Fleet. I'm Erin Gilchrist-Rugg, VP of Fleet Evangelism at IntelliShift. On our podcasts, I'll be your objective and reliable source of information for the fleet ecosystem based on real experience that comes from managing a fleet for over 15 years. Fleet management's hard, so we're going to break it down fleet manager style with a focus on everything from driver compliance and behavior to getting more from our internal and external partners and our data. So for this first go around, I'll be sitting in as the guest with my host today, John Carrion. John's from IntelliShift, and he's been driving our podcast so far. So welcome, John. Thanks. Uh, really excited to have uh, have you on board starting up this new podcast. Super exciting. So the straight talk on fleet. You know, certainly think you have a lot of great experience that you'll bring to the table and start to build this community and and really drive and grow the ability to for people to grow their career in fleet and, and learn. So I know you've got really big plans for the podcast going forward, and we're going to dive into that. Uh, but why don't you kick it off by telling us how you got a, you know into fleet management and started your career and, and kind of how you ended up here? I'll try to make a longer story short. I think that none of us set out to be fleet managers, right? So we couldn't go to school for that. You might be able to do that now, but not, not when I got into fleets. So um, my career started actually in retail management and I loved it because I loved the ever-changing uh, day, right? So it was kind of having your stores prepared for grand opening every day. So you had to be focused on aesthetics and your team and your sales and your store. And I loved that. It was busy. I loved the hours. I loved the pace, but I started my family and that just wasn't working out. I had to spend more time at home. So in order to do that, I, I kind of flipped the switch and moved into supply chain and distribution, kind of learning about how all those products that I was selling and preparing for sale got there, right? So that was really um, an interesting experience as well. A lot of learnings. The, the biggest one though, that I think relates to what I'm doing today is in DC operations, there's a huge focus on safety, right? OSHA compliance is huge in, in a DC environment. And so um, I got involved in a DC audit team and we went DC to DC for the company that I was working for. And we performed audits around um, compliance, safety, OSHA compliance, and just general operational safety. And I really loved the ability to contribute to keeping people safe at work. And then from there, I was recruited by Safe Light Autoglass. And I thought for sure that my career path was getting back into ops. You know, I thought it was going to be my opportunity to be a GM for the Safe Light operation here in Columbus, where there's a retail operation and a distribution or warehouse operation connected. And I thought that would be, wow, I could take all my collective skills and do that. But as I interviewed, um, they definitely had a different plan for me. 
I don't know what they saw in me at that time. I kind of know now, but um, that they thought that if I could learn the organization quickly, they could find the right fit for me eventually. Started out when I started at Safelight, our fleet was right around 2,500 units. And so by the time I left Safelight, just after COVID hit, it was um, topping 8,500 assets. So lots of growth over my time there. Yeah, for sure. And over your time, did sort of the set of responsibilities start to expand? Was it a little more of a narrow focus to start? And then did you grow into new solution areas or areas of responsibility? <laughs> Absolutely. I think when I first got in, you know, I was doing a compliance and process analysis role in the internal audit department. And I was trying to get busier, right? So I got involved in things at Safelight and I got involved in this risk and, and fleet sort of steering committee. They called it the safety committee. And that's how I got to know the risk and fleet teams. So when that fleet manager job became available, they looked to me as a, as a key contributor in that committee to running the fleet. And I thought, well, I don't, I don't know anything about fleet, right? I mean, who, who does, how do you learn this stuff? And I realized quickly that my background was actually a, a great background to, to go into fleet with a focus on, you know, planning an organization and certainly big picture thinking and also the safety aspects of the roles I'd played in the past. So I think it was just a perfect fit, but it was kind of scary, right? Coming into a brand new role where there were some good things in place, but also um, so much to be done. So to your question about what did I focus on when I started, you know, I remember looking through all of our supplier contracts and finding that they were outdated. So, you know, it was just a matter of starting from ground zero and really turning over all the apple carts. It started with supplier contracts, understanding what our suppliers were doing for us and then what they were supposed to be or could be doing for us. And we'll talk more about that later. Yeah. How about the, uh, the, just the advent of technology inside the organization? You were there for quite a while. Did that sort of, when you came in, when you left, do you see sort of an arc of how folks were using tools, the number of tools, you know, their, their ability to adopt tools? Was that changing because technology has changed so rapidly over the last six or seven years. Oh, it was incredible. It, it was just this, it just went this way the entire time. And, and not just um, technology like we think of today, like telematics and MRM, but it was the tools that we wanted our technicians to use and adopt that were evolving just around glass repair and replacement and resins and safe ways to handle those. and. So that was fascinating. And then add on, you know, every single device that we could possibly put in the hands of people throughout the organization, but especially our technicians to help them organize their workday, know where to go, get add on jobs, and then certainly eventually use um, to evaluate th their own behavior that we were sharing with them. So quite an evolution and it was consistent and constant the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's great. I know we talked about some of your vision for the podcast overall, some of the topics that you really want to focus on. And I know project management and change management is, is one of the big ones, right? One of the pillars, because 
if you implement a lot of technology, but people don't know how to use it, they don't want to use it, they're not using it in the right way, you're not going to get to the business outcomes, I think, that uh, that you need. So that that's cool. I think the next topic I just wanted to hit on was sort of your, your passion around fleet management, that your slave flight role, obviously, with that many vehicles and assets, a really big uh, senior leadership type role, and you, you've seen a lot, but on the flip side, where does the, the passion for, for fleet management and especially taking on this type of new role, kind of building community and, and really helping people grow in their own careers, where does that passion come from? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it really started back in my DC you know, audit days when I, I, I grasped the concept of how making small changes around behaviors can drive a safety program. And I got passionate about forklift operators staying safe and everyone operating around them staying safe. And so that safety thing just was boiling up inside of me. And my whole life, I've always had a passion for the environment. And so when you think about what does that mean in fleet, that's sustainability. And, and we're going to break down sustainability on a future podcast because I don't look at sustainability just as carbon footprint, but we'll get there. But I think this passion for the environment and a passion for keeping people safe at work so they can come into work, have a great day, go home better than they came in and get back to the things that matter like their family is where it all started. But I think my passion for fleet safety really came after I got into it. And I realized the impact that me as the leader and my team could have on our organizational safety, on building a culture of safety. It, it's amazing what you can do when you have a big story to tell and have something to back that up. And I think when I started to grasp this concept of miles driven, I started to realize that the risk that we posed by giving a technician the most dangerous tool we'll ever give them, which is a vehicle, really mattered. And that what we did with that and how we treated that asset and those people and their behaviors could change the entire trajectory, not only of our fleet and the impact on the org, but greater than that outside and our, our image as an organization and how if we don't have accidents, how, how that looks for our organization that we really care. So the passion grew, John, over time, um, but it certainly started with, you know, people and and the environment really yeah and i think the passion comes from like you said the people you work with and you know how that grows over time those relationships so with that type of role obviously you must have had some really great mentors along the way that help you know help you achieve your own sort of leadership status and grow as a leader you know curious how how those who those folks were how they helped you kind of grow in your trajectory throughout your time there yeah i love that question because um gosh there's so many people i'll just start from the inside which is always where i start like every day you know having my parents and family just a passionate group of people there's a lot of us we had to do things a little bit differently because i come from a huge family so we just had to figure out how to work together and so, you know, my first, you know, mentors were certainly, certainly my parents and, and some of my older siblings who shaped who I am as a person. But I think in business, I've had a few great leaders that really stand out to me. The things that they possessed were a passion for people and for growth. And so my best mentors 
helped me develop this mindset of next, thinking about next. I mean, you know, we have to be in the here and now, we have to do the day to day, but they helped me hone in on having a broader mindset and think of thinking about what's coming down the pipeline, which has benefited me greatly in my career as a fleet manager, but then in every career that I've had. Yeah, no, I'm just curious because that's a, that's a challenge in this type of role that's very mobile. You need to be out in the field. You're constantly moving. You constantly need to focus on what needs to happen that day and that week. Like how, how do you kind of pull out the aperture and understand how to think six, 12, 18 months down the line? To, to move folks forward and really be a leader. Again, it comes back to some of that mentorship. So, you know, in the fleet industry, you know, again, we come into fleet, none of us, I think, set out to be fleet managers. So there's some things going on in the industry that have been going on and continue to evolve. But I think about organizations like WIFM, which is Women in Fleet Management, helping to uh, provide mentors for um, women in fleet management and being a woman in the, the automotive industry, how to do that. Industries like NTEA and NAFA and AFLA playing a, a role in education, um, providing networking opportunities, because what I found is my greatest learnings have come from, yeah, there's been lots of research and study and classes and courses, but growing and learning from the people around me, my colleagues, my supplier partners have been instrumental and helping me learn the industry. So I think, you know, once I sort of got my sea legs, I realized that I needed to give back, right, to this community in fleet. And so I looked at some of those mentors and some of those opportunities, and I did things like joining boards. So mostly client advisory boards, right, that, that suited the role that I was in as a fleet director, and being able to influence how supplier partners think about what we do every day as fleet leaders, what they can do and what they should be thinking about to make our jobs easier with better tools, better tech, doing more with data, all those beautiful things so that we can just focus on what needs fixed and, and get it done. So I, I found that being in those groups helped me to evangelize about those things and listen to other evangelists and learn from them. And together we sort of mentored each other and grew in that way. It was a great, great opportunity. Yeah, well, that that brings us to today, right? So this is a, a big transition in the career. Really interested in on sort of, you know, continuing that talk track on, you know, what made you or compelled you to, to make the change and get into taking that next step and building the community and giving back to the community like you talked about. And what do you really see as your your mission in this role and, and how you can be successful and what do you want to accomplish? Yeah. So, I mean, starting with, you know, why the shift, you know, you're a fleet manager and you wear so many hats every day. And when I stepped out of that role, I thought maybe I would feel a sense of loss or emptiness. It was quite the opposite. I had a minute to kind of regroup there um, before I got back into the industry, but I knew based on all my collective experiences that I wanted to do a couple things. I wanted to continue my role as a visionary in the industry because I see, have always seen myself as that. And um, I've had people in the industry say, compliment me on the ability to be able to uh, articulate my vision and then try to bring others along, mostly supplier partners. So this idea of wanting to give back to the industry that brought me up to help other fleet leaders bring their visions and missions to life was really kind of 
where I wanted to head. I knew I wanted my career path to be helping fleet leaders. And I didn't know how that was going to look. So the interesting thing um, that happened, and, and I know that fleet leaders that are listening right now have this kind of thing happen all the time, but I was at conferences earlier this spring, right? So we were happy to be back in person and um, walking around that expo and seeing what's happening and what hot, what's hot, what's new, talking to all my, my friends and colleagues and uh, ran into Carl Weber, who's in our sales organization at IntelliShift. And we'd known each other from doing business together in the past. And he was talking to me about um, what was happening at IntelliShift. He said, just come over and look at our platform, you know, and of course the word platform just gets me super excited. I mean, this podcast could have been called like Fleet Geek or something, but so, uh, you know, I, I obviously wanted to see what was going on over in Carl's booth. I met with Jordan and Domenica from the IntelliShift team. And the first thing that I noticed was their excitement, their passion for their jobs, which was really great to see. And that was the first spark of interest. And then the second was Jordan was walking me through this platform and I found myself kind of engrossed in it and asking a bunch of questions and just picking this poor, poor guy's brain to death and realizing that, wow, this is something different. This is something that I haven't seen sort of done in this way. So conversations happen and Carl and I are talking about this opportunity in Teleshift to have someone who could help bring the IntelliShift mission to life, which is IntelliShift wants to um, help fleet managers accelerate their careers and, you know, in turn, run more safe and efficient fleets. So, yeah, no brainer, right, for me to come in and, and try to help to do that. And this podcast, what a great opportunity it will be for me to share all my philosophies on kind of how we accelerate our careers as fleet managers and certainly within our orgs and have people see us differently for the powerhouses that we are because of the hats that we have to wear. And then the second thing, certainly, and the icing on the cake is our fleets will be safer and run more efficiently. So that's kind of the shift in being able to you know, get some of my lifelong fleet philosophies out there. Yeah. And I think one thing you told me uh, a couple of weeks ago, I thought was really interesting was, you know, there are, there are good communities, strong communities within fleet management, but they're in these little pockets, right? They're like meeting at a conference after the end of the day of a bunch of sessions and sitting in the lounge for 20 minutes and talking or getting together as part of a, you know, industry association, but it's smaller groups of people and you it seemed that you identified a gap which you know part of the mission is here to try to broaden that and and build something a bit bigger uh that's really less about any particular vendor in a way and more about bringing lots of people together that are having very similar challenges and there's a lot of similar messaging and communication in this market a lot of people saying the same thing but what seems interesting to me is that you can really bring, you know, the straight talk, the real talk about how there's the messaging and then there's what's happening out in the field every day. And it seems to me that's the perspective that can be really powerful here as the community is, is building out. Yeah. You talked about how we do our jobs and, and it's on our phones or laptops or iPads or 
out and about or market visits and try getting in vehicles with our drivers and doing ride-alongs and all the different ways that fleet managers do their jobs. So, you know, I see this opportunity to have a place where we can come together in a way that we can share out these conversations on a greater scale, right? So we have this podcast and, and where I see this going is I want to talk on some topics that are near and dear to, to my heart. One big one, you know, this idea of fleets being cost centers and versus revenue generators. We're revenue generators, by the way. I'll let the cat out of the bag on that and we'll dig in later. But this place where we can talk about our visions for our fleets, you know, what's got us there won't get us, you know, to next and share ideas, uh, best practices, sometimes just vent about what's going on when we don't have a solution. And that's the best case, right? To be able to get on there and ask questions. I can see us doing, you know, an ask me anything session and no, I won't be able to answer everything, but what I will be able to do is again, what, what I've always done, called on that greater fleet community and talk about these things openly. And then having a venue like this will allow for it to be more far reaching, right? And fleet managers who are new, who are progressive, who are seasoned can come to a place where we can all learn and grow together. So I think it's going to be something new, different. It's going to help fill that gap that I see and that you described even better than I did. So I'm excited about, you know, kind of getting together. And like you said, just having that straight talk and being open and honest about what's happening, but more so working on solutions together. Yeah, for sure. And you've definitely seen every challenge under the sun and there's new challenges popping up. Some of them are with technology related and adoption and data. We can talk about that in a second, but what do you, when you think about the community and what it takes to be sort of the next great fleet management manager in our community, what do you think are the characteristics or qualities that allow someone to kind of rise up and solve the most difficult challenges we're seeing? I guess this answer probably won't be what most people expect. You know, I think that because of all the different roles that a fleet manager plays, there's this idea that we need to be sort of good at everything. I completely disagree with that concept. I don't come from finance. There's so many things that I need to be good at that I do, I've never had any background in. So I think first and foremost, I'll describe like the best fleet manager that I know. And I won't mention any names, but I know some really great fleet managers. Um, they're amazing people. But first of all, they have a passion for people. I mean, they have a passion for, you know, the safety of the drivers. They, they care about their teams. They care about getting people, and I'll say this a million times, to home in better shape than they started their day in. Also, they care about public safety, not just the safety of their fleets. Good fleet managers realize that they're out there. And we're responsible not only for the safety of our own drivers, but everybody else that shares the roadway with us. One thing that really hit home with me on this topic was when I started to realize that, wow, you know, we were topping out at 180, 190 million miles driven a year in the Safe Life fleet. Okay. And I, when I, when I thought about that, when I was reporting out on that, I felt like I should in tandem be reporting out on the risk and impact that driving so many miles has right so again it's that 
that great fleet manager having that passion for safety for everyone that we interact with in our communities, on the roads, et cetera. I guess the next thing would be this mission and visionary thinking, right? So I'll, I'll define that by saying, thinking about next, having a vision for your fleet, a vision for your organization. And then the next step is that, is seeing ourselves as change agents. I mean, and I know that's tough, but that's truly what we are. So the key to being a change agent and a successful one is not knowing what you know. You know what you know. It is a internal, you know, inventory and realization about what you don't know, right? We can't be the SMEs on everything. We can't be HR, finance, risk, operation, SMEs. We can't, but we touch all those things in our jobs. So it's knowing how to collaborate with and rely on the SMEs around you that, that can help build sort of the best fleet possible. So it's kind of knowing what you don't know and then building a team around you to be successful, I think is those are probably the three kind of critical things that make up a good fleet manager. That's awesome. So I think that that ties together, you know, as we sort of wrap up the, the first episode, I'd say someone who's listening for the first time, they're going to want to know, I'm going to tune in a few times a month. I want to know what, what are the key topics that Aaron's going to really try to hit hard and give us that straight talk on? You know, I think what uh, you correct me, but I think kind of what I've heard was, you know, it's about the people. It's about understanding how you make connections and break down silos with people. And so many of our business processes connect across functions and departments and leaders. So it seems like that that's a piece of it. It's breaking down data silos that exist and how do you get the right data and insights to really act on it. It's easy enough to be able to read a, read a report, but how do you get the right actionable data uh, to really improve a business process and iterate it on it the next day? It seems like that's a, a topic. And then, you know, just the, the core challenges in, in fleet and really being honest about some things are harder than others and you have to take it kind of day by day, piece by piece and solve it with like a project management, change management framework in mind, because if you implement the technology, but you don't get the team, you know, updating, iterating on processes, taking it to that next level, you're not going to get those outcomes. So that was just my own recap kind of of, of what I heard, but would love to hear, you know, if someone says, what am I going to tune in and hear every week? You know, how would you describe it? Well, I think that was really well said. We can just stop there. No kidding. So no, actually, <laughs> that was a great description, John, about some of those key things. You, you, you touched on change management and project management. That is probably more than one podcast, right? So how do we you know, get out there and find those solutions for our fleet? That's just one thing. And then how do we bring those solutions back into our organizations and move a little quicker? when we know we need to solve for something. So we'll, we'll really home in on that. The data and people silos, you know, we talked about that a little bit on, on our podcast already today, but I think, you know, my goal in that area is just, again, building that team around yourself, 
to help lift you up as a fleet manager and really excel at your job and get to that next level by breaking down some of those silos, both from all of the information that's coming in and all the data, as well as just collaborating with the right people inside and outside of your organization. So that's going to be a hot topic and one that we can take in a lot of different directions. And then certainly just building a career in fleet management. I mean, it's just, it's very exciting for me to think about how we could talk about different ways that fleet managers can, you know, get better at what we do and certainly not have to be or remain maybe in that cycle of proving ourselves inside of our organizations over and over again. We shouldn't have to do that, right? So what's missing? So we'll be talking a lot about how to, how to set the stage so that no matter what leader comes in or what change is happening in the org, or if I roll up to finance or ops or, or supply chain or procurement, that I don't have to start over, that I will have proved my worth and that I have a plan and I'm executing on it. So I'm excited to, to talk with fleet managers about how to do that and position themselves in that way. Yeah, so you you hit those topics, but yeah, that kind of rounds it out. And I think we're going to go down a lot of paths, but it's exciting. Yeah, I mean, there's there's aspects of fleet management, like any industry that that are fundamentally broken, but there's, it's this type of, you know, community building, you can't get the answers every day as folks are running around, unless you connect with the right people. They always say, you know, every, every, answered every question is out there you just have to get to the right person who's had the right experience and that's what makes networking and community so powerful and i think you know you've got a great knowledge base but the more people that join into this community the more powerful it comes and the better answers to these fixable problems i think uh you'll get over time so it's super exciting i mean i think the fleet community in general is really lucky to be able to partner with you as you embark on this new journey and role so congratulations and definitely welcome walking in your shoes as a fleet manager for that amount of time is an invaluable resource to, to everyone and i think folks can get a lot out of this podcast and some of the other initiatives you're going to be driving so Looking forward to see the the community out there engage and share and like and start to build this together. Uh, I think that's how it has to go. Everybody's in this together and let's see how it it builds out. And how do you really simplify the use of technology to make lives easier and allow people to get out of the manual nature of I need to get these 17 things done today and into the the idea of how you know what are the great ideas? How do we innovate? How do we make this process better? How do we do solve this challenge that was different than we tried to solve it three years ago? Technology is just a piece of that. Changing processes, you know, empowering people is a really important part of that. And uh, I know you're super excited to dive in here. So that that's it for me. It's kind of a great to have you kick off and just wish you uh, the best of luck in the new role. Thanks. It, it was fun talking today. I'm super excited. I. I'm ready to generate some some buzz out there. Yeah, it's really great. I'm thrilled about the opportunity and thanks for your kind words. I hope I can hope I can bring it. But to everyone out there, you know, thanks for joining us on this first podcast, The Straight Talk on Fleet with Aaron and John. I'm just grateful to be your host and I hope you found today's content helpful. If so, hit the subscribe button, follow me on LinkedIn, all those fun things. But until next time, keep it real, keep it safe for fleet's sake. Thank you. Oh, <laughs>